Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. He starts this like insane monologue. He's like, I'm going very confident. This is my time to shine. I'm going to go in guns blazing. This is do or die. I've been in situations like this before with my back against the wall. He definitely thinks he's going to war on this group date. Like he's... Just- also, for what? Like he has right. not. Becca. He has not once stopped to actually think about what she wants or why he's into her. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on the Bachelor and Bachelor adjacent shows. Whether you love the Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray, and I'm Claire Fallon. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Here to Make Friends. This is a show about how Virginia is for lovers. And also about making sure we can never, ever escape the hell that is reliving the 2016 election over and over and over again into eternity. There's no escape. And also, like, just definitely please remember that Virginia is for lovers. If there's one thing we can never forget now, it's Virginia's tourism slogan. And as a Maryland native, it was already drilled into my brain. Yeah, so. a surprising number of people I've heard being like, Virginia's for lovers. Oh, trust me. Uh, yeah. We've known for 50 years that I Virginia's mean, for yeah. You may have noticed something cool. Uh, Emma's back from Portugal. It's our first podcast together in a month. A whole month. I'm so happy to be reunited. Me too. <sighs> to make this recap even sweeter, we're joined by one of our best friends of the pod, Derek Paith. Thank you for being here to talk about all these aggro dudes, Derek. (laughs) I feel like it's only fitting because this was like exactly the experience that happened on my season too. We saw like literally just all of a sudden it was like a bunch of gorillas trying to fight over their woman. I don't know. Yeah, it was really similar to your thing, except what if there were two Chads and no Derek? Right, exactly. kind of yeah. <laughs> like, I remember when the Chad thing happened, we were like, wow, that could have really gone sideways if it weren't for, for Derek's calming voice, uh, like kind of dialing things back. And um, and this time we have Lincoln versus Chris, and there's just no sanity anywhere. Um, there's a lot of testosterone, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. And then the other guy's just completely staying out of it, which is um, Reaction not- shots for days. I am <laughs> so just living good. for the way they're cutting all of these things together where you just have like Wills and Blake and Colton like side-eyeing or like sinking into themselves. You it's can great. literally see them like trying to, you know that that gif of Homer Simpson? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, will these cushions cover me? Yeah. I just, um, I, I, it's amazing as a really 
not a socially adept person, but a really socially aware person that if I see someone making a weird face while I'm talking, I'll think about it for the rest of my life. <laughs> and these guys never seem to notice mm-hmm. that all the other dudes think they're crazy. I don't think self-awareness or awareness of surroundings is either of their particular strong point, Chris like, or Lincoln. I'm but just you would think say. when like they look around like right guys and all the guys are either <laughs> laughing or trying to hide inside their own shirt <laughs> and not saying anything, it's, it's they a should start to it's pick it tell, up. Certainly. Um, yes. But let's start at the beginning. So Virginia's for lovers. Virginia is for lovers. <laughs> Those were the first words spoken this episode. I would like to point out that it was used at least twice more. I think there must have been some sort of quota. Virginia was like, we will like pay mm-hmm. for your production Absolutely. costs, but you have to use our slogan three times. I mean, at least the slogan makes sense. Sort of. For the show. I like at least it's related. Show. I mean for the show. Like often they're trying to take and in the you know, make a weird pun. Yeah. That is just a real stretch. I like actually, at least this includes the word lovers. Like it this is, was it was it was for the right reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alaska is for the right reason. Um I I looked up the history of Virginia's for Lovers, and it was just an advertising agency in, like, like 50 years ago. It was like, what about Virginia's for history lovers? What about Virginia's for mm. beach lovers? And then they were like, whoa, galaxy brain. What if it's just Virginia's for lovers? So, it like is the place where things. interracial marriage used to be banned, for example, yeah. and they sued to protect that. So that's something that I definitely think of as pro-lovers. <laughs> um, there's also like the gay marriage stuff, you know, like, it's like a so deep many states. history of respecting love. Uh huh. So, um, so I buy it. Uh, Becca, it's definitely a battleground. <laughs> And a battleground became... for lovers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Virginia's for lovers to fight us to get to be with each other. Which is quite literally what like this episode ended up being about. It was just like battleground. So it comes full circle. Uh-huh. Really. <laughs> um, Becca really talks up the history. She loves how exciting and mysterious and unique history is. Just history. Are. Yeah, just history. History is so unique. I did. I, I saw what you tweeted, Claire, and I was like, I do feel kind of like I'm on a tourism yeah. path the whole time. I just feel like she had to memorize so many fun facts. <laughs> right? Like, they should have yeah. paid her extra. That was, like, a real commitment. I was worried by the the, the group date when she was like, we're going to learn about history. And I was like, you didn't make her memorize more facts, did you? They're because like on this a is bus just... and she's directing. <laughs> she's yeah. like, yeah. on your right, you're going to see the... <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Becca knows so much about Virginia now. Wow. Which must kind of sting because as... Uh, they pointed out on um, Juliet's podcast last night. That's where Lauren, Lauren is B. from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. And yeah, like, that... we're gonna take you to where you have to learn a bunch of facts about the the, the hometown. At of least the woman they were in Richmond, not Virginia Beach. Yeah, that's fair. So, that's fair. Turning um, a new page on Virginia. Yeah, exactly. Make new memories <laughs> in Virginia. <laughs> Thank God, Virginia. You guys better be listening to this. <laughs> Um, and so the first one on one goes to oh, and I want to note that she has a sit down with Chris Harrison, mm-hmm. which we he's been like popping up a little bit this yeah, season. Yeah, therapist Chris is back. He's very affirming. Yeah. He's like, yes, this is where this should go. Chris yeah, during that this season, I know was a really weird because she's like, I'm starting to get excited. I see a cute baby, or like I'm starting to like oh, look yeah. at wedding magazines, and he was like, that's where this should be going. And I was like, okay, <laughs> he's Chris. like, just so you remember. This is about marriage, and also Virginia is for lovers. 
<laughs> I also just have to say I have very weird associations with Richmond because I went to field hockey camp there in ninth grade. <laughs> and the only thing I remember is there were a bunch of girls there who came up from like two hours south and they had like never met a Jew. And that was like mm. my most strong memory about you Richmond. Were an ambassador. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's nice. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks, Richmond, for the nice. good times. Um, so the first one on one goes to Jason. Life is full of surprises. I am really on board with Jason. I just want him to use pomade instead of gel. Can his someone teach was, him? I think maybe he just doesn't wash his hair and then he just like sculpts it into shape. <laughs> it's just my only complaint about him. It looks yeah. like a helmet that he just like puts on his head. Yeah. He's also been wearing a lot of cross necklaces that are pretty oh, they're very large elaborate yeah they're like madonna style i have kind of a viscerally bad reaction to that because i'm like it's why like why is it so there well becca has a cross tattooed on mm-hmm. her so that's maybe true. that's like a, a plus they share i feel like he's definitely Faith. He like decided this is what he was going to dress like at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, and he, it's like, a luck. Fully committed to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I just keep thinking about. Have you seen the Princess Diaries? Uh, yes. Yes. Definitely. You know how like the main guys like transformation into being like hot is that he gels his fucking hair back oh and it looks God. so much worse. And that's all I ever noticed about the end of that movie. I was like, you made a hot guy. Look not hot. That's how I feel about Jason. The power of a haircut. I know. Yes. Those ador- he had those adorable sideburns yeah. and a mop top. And they just ri- like maybe that's what Jason should right. do. Maybe should Jason do has just a, a like beautiful hair that's just hiding. I don't think I think back. he's gonna he's like the guy that he will literally look like that when he's like seventy five years old. <laughs> it will be the same exact You're like he's committed to a style and <laughs> yeah. it's never gonna change. Only the only parts of the hair will still be there, but he's still <laughs> gonna be working the look. He's gonna dye it black. <laughs> oh god. Um and I wanna say I don't have a problem with the cross or like wearing a cross. It's just the the visual of that particular look of like I'm wearing like a t shirt with like a large cross necklace over it i don't find it very stylish i don't know um i just want to say that so that it, no one's feelings are hurt because that's how i feel okay um so and this is a, a great opportunity for chris who thought he might get a one-on-one this week to just jump all over jason's moment of glory and be like yeah cool so this is great i also want a one-on-one this week or you know what maybe a two-on-one actually you know what i definitely want a two-on-one <laughs> that's what i want i'm gonna get a two-on-one and i prefer it and Lincoln Chris is, is like, losing what? his damn mind. <laughs> he 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 like can't get a, away from. He like anchors to something, and then just stands there and berates everyone who disagrees with him. <laughs> yeah, they're like, have you considered that? There's like why, that it why might be better to get a one on one than a two on one or he's a like, group date even. Yeah, and he's like. You know, no. what? it's not about that. It's about what I want. And what I want is a two on one. And like you want time with her. I want a two on one. That's just how we're different. Um, and it's incapable of saying like, well, maybe you're right. I, like it's not It's like complete narcissism to the point where he or, can't even and leave like, space he, for other people's things. He thinking. can't even be like, well, I think a two on one would be good for this reason. Mm-hmm. It's just that's what I want. Well, he I doesn't want need it. to explain himself, Claire. Yeah, so maybe he should stop, like, saying things because that's how a conversation works. You say things and then you talk more about them. And then it's also a great reminder that Lincoln is still there. Right. And we still have to contend with watching him. Uh, and he also is similarly stubborn to Chris where he just, like, digs into something and then they're just yelling at each other 
about nothing. Like there was not yeah. even a conflict between the two of them. Yeah. They're just Didn't arguing. They're just, seem to just come aggregates. from nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like one the thing that Chris is doing is he's trying to convince himself of things by like staying in his little rut. But I think Lincoln is just that's just who that guy is. That yeah. He who not, he, yeah. He must not be named. I don't even want to say. <laughs> he's a needler for yeah. sure. And then for some reason they get into like attacking each other physically. It's yeah. just gross. Apparently, and this was not shown. But reality, Steve uh, says that um, Chris accused Lincoln of using steroids. We do hear Lincoln and they were talking over over each other so much I could barely make out what they were saying. Lincoln says something about how Chris once told him that a guy once told Chris that he was a fat fuck. Yes. Mm. And it was so confusingly delivered that I, like, really couldn't figure out what the purpose like, what of... is the insult even supposed to be right, right Like, are you saying that Chris had low self-esteem? Are you saying that it's bad that he used to be overweight? Like, what what is happening? But they were just yelling at each other so much I couldn't pick it apart. Um, and then Chris is like, you're body shaming me. And then Lincoln is like, don't push up on me. And then Chris is like, if you put your hands on me, I'd fucking destroy you. I just feel like these are two men that just want to threaten someone. And so this yeah. is their opportunity. I just love how they're they're fighting like that, but they're literally sitting next to each other <laughs> and not even looking at each other. Like I don't know how the how you how you don't turn and like when I my had my confrontation with Chad, I was like, okay, we're gonna shake hands and we're gonna move forward. Like looking each other right in the face and just like You mean like having a conversation yeah, with another yeah. human being. But yeah. they're just like so in their own isolated little worlds, each one of both of them. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's like they both want to instigate but they also both want to pretend that they are the one who's not engaging oh, totally so they just they keep also looking both away want to be the victim little, they're both oh. always the victim totally which is why you see lincoln like starting shit and then being like i was gonna let it go man <laughs> five minutes later um that's their attitude the whole time is like throwing out like a f- nuclear bomb at the other person then being like but whatever man but whatever i'm gonna let it go and then literally jason stands up in the middle of this and it's like I'm going to go get ready. <laughs> and that's why I like Jason. These A lot of these guys know how to just exit stage left. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a good skill. Yeah. No, I think they were all wise. And it's easy for me to forget that I think a lot of them are also terrible. <laughs> like, Because Col- Colton always seems so reasonable in these moments. And then I'm he's like, really growing on me. Sucks but I, yeah, there's something about me that does not totally trust him but he's coming off him. great at, at this point at i'm this like point. i have no evidence that you're a horrible bigot i have no evidence that you've sexually assaulted a woman like you're wow the, that puts him that, in the top that, yeah exactly really high bar exactly yeah. <laughs> um there was a there were points this episode when like people were tweeting things like it's great that he did this or like i was putting in my notes so cool that this guy did this and then i'm like this is a very basic low level yeah. like human <laughs> expectation of people um, that I'm surprised by at this point. So Jason uh, gets his one-on-one, finally. And I I just really enjoyed Jason on this date. He seemed to be able to actually just, like, have a great time. Mm-hmm. Becca seems super into him. Apparently, he's an excellent kisser, which has now been remarked upon, like, <laughs> four times. So, hey. Yeah. Go, Jason. Bandit, apparently. Yeah. He's more <laughs> subtle, though. There's fewer uh-huh. walls. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
they go to a church where Patrick Henry gave his "Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death" speech, according to Becca. Yes. and also Becca Edgar Allan Poe's guys. mother. Mother Edgar Allan Poe's mom. Very fair. You know what? The mom is almost better than the guy himself because, <laughs> like, without her, there would be no the Raven mm-hmm. at all. So. Plus, she did not marry her 13-year-old cousin. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> that yeah, that's a positive. Um, they frost enormous donuts. That's really that, glossed that over. kind of great. I was that, like, yeah. more time on the eating. That looks super fun. Yeah, it looked yeah. really fun. And then they'd, like, jump. Well, I think they just wanted us to get back to the weirdness that sometimes the show right. likes to, like, really embrace. Cause... Like the unhappy hour? Yeah. <laughs> that was it, That was fantastic. I loved how Jason was like, everyone here is like wearing all black and like stuff like that. And I really can't relate to it. And I was like, Jason, you are wearing all black right now. Um, and what and they like ca- a very gothic piece of jewelry, uh-huh. to be honest. Yes, he actually f- fit in with the theme. And they described the unhappy hour as a place of welcoming darkness. And I was like, this is basically how I feel about this franchise. <laughs> so... Meanwhile, Colton is saying about Chris, I just want to note this. Obviously, his relationships are on the rock. Mm. Oh, no. Colton (laughs) is just not the most articulate young man. I'm going to say there are a few of them that uh, are not the best with words, as Garrett would put it. Garrett being one of them. (laughs) Oh, I love how he was doing. How we missed that when he was introing uh, the state. He, like, stuttered through it. <laughs> he couldn't even get through the... I feel Aww. like they're kind of getting fed a few things because yeah. they, they're, like, not very communicative to the point where the producers are probably like, maybe you should say this, and they can't even get through it. I mean, it's a skill. Like, you, not everyone comes on with, like, a TV broadcast background, and mm-hmm. then they're supposed to... I mean, deliver fun facts about Virginia. Exactly. In a convincing way, which even Becca, I'm like, I don't buy that this is just something you feel about Virginia. And she's pretty, um, pretty she's pretty good. good at. Yeah, she's she is like a host quality to her. Yeah. Well, I want to see her on first look. Wait, I don't know what that is. It comes on like after SNL. And oh. it's usually like a former reality TV person or a up and coming TV host. Isn't it in Taxi really TV sometimes? Sometimes it's in Taxi TV. Yeah. And it's uh, just a really, usually woman uh, just trying out restaurants and like um, adventure sort of packages at tourist locations, stuff like that. Um, and I love it. I that love sounds to watch like a it great it's job like to get. Adriana after. from the Hills tries yeah. out an Italian restaurant in the mm. East Village. Yeah, that like has some weird like gimmick, like they yeah. put gold on your linguine or something. I saw some weird one. There's like gold chicken wings now yeah. too. Wait, they would wear. That's definitely a first. Should we it's try near here? Them? The Ainsworth. Yes. Yeah, oh, Ainsworth. it looks Ainsworth. revolting. I saw. Yeah, that doesn't sound video. appealing, but like. <laughs> Those are the. I kind of want to try it now. <laughs> yeah. Back to the unhappy hour. Um, well, I think you hit it the nail on the head, though, Claire, that it's like this is a very uncomfortable episode. But I think that, he, again, he's like super comfortable just kind of doing whatever with Becca. And they just it, like the one person in the middle of all this that that right now, at least maybe she she doesn't have like the googly eyes all the time. But I think that she just is just like relaxed, which is so mm-hmm. welcome based on all of the stress that's happening. Right. There's so much of her time is taken up with like dealing with petty schoolyard bullying between these dudes or just simply spending time pretending to have fun with people that you have no (laughs) interest in. Like that is exhausting. So I would imagine having someone that you feel like 
at the very least, you could easily be good friends with. Like, she even remarks how his friends feel like her friends. Like, she's very comfortable around him. And yeah, I would imagine and I think that's it's important welcome. to note that the last surprise of the day is that she flew his friends in, or the show flew his that's friends That's a really in. good perk on a date. Yeah. It's a huge thing. It was yeah, so to be able cute to see when your they friends, saw each other. Check in. He got teary. I know, it was really yeah. sweet. Was it really made me, sweet. I just really, really liked Jason after yeah. this date. We, he opens up that evening about his father and how his grandmother had Alzheimer's. Yeah. This um, one was tough for me. We literally put my grandmother in a assisted living oh. yesterday oh, God. so it was like the same day as that and i was like oh, i was God. tearing up listening to his story which it sounds like not as it's so interesting how like there's varying degrees of of like the emotional things that someone opens up about right and it's so crazy how like at some points in times i like i probably before that would have been like oh yeah on the scale of one to ten and then yesterday i was like oh my god i feel this so hard yeah no and I, there, mean, I think it's it's nice that jason brought kind of i mean it sounds weird to be like a different kind of tragedy but that he mm-hmm. was able to kind of zero in on the aspects of that experience that affected him and talk exactly. about why that was it wasn't generic it felt mm-hmm. very specific to his family and his experience and i liked that right he was able to actually express uh the impact that this experience had had on him which often we just it feels sort of and and, and not intentionally like i don't think people are bringing things up in a disingenuous way but if you're not if you don't know how to quite articulate it it can sometimes feel like i'm going to run down the list of some traumas that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and this felt like he had reflected on this experience and understood the things that had impacted him about it. And I think a lot of people, you know, my grandfather passed away from Parkinson's, like degenerative diseases are a really particular kind of thing to to deal with, um, mm-hmm. with someone that has been close in your life. And I just, yeah, I thought it was um, a nice moment and it seemed like something that they could kind of connect. It does show a lot of over. EQ, like yeah. high yes. EQ, you yeah. know? Especially because he really talked about how observant he was of someone else's feelings in a painful moment, which right. is rare, I think. In these... And speaks well for a partner. Exactly, yeah. Like what he was really conveying to her is not only have I been through this and learned from it, but... I have Even, empathy. I have empathy. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not the person who's going to be like funneled in on my own pain. I'm going to also still be thinking of the the other people who are experiencing it. Anyway, that and was And that really primes her material. to be com- comfortable <laughs> enough to talk about her own experiences of mm-hmm. loss in a way that you know, she's spoken about it before, but this felt a little bit deeper uh, and more kind of organic to me. Yeah. Um, then they make out because yeah, what else do you do after you share also, your trauma? Then she's like, and I have one last surprise. And it's just like going out on a balcony. Mm-hmm. He must what? have been relieved, though. He's like, oh, I don't have to stand on a tiny platform and have a <laughs> terrible private concert. Like, he was probably like, look at this view of Richmond. <laughs> oh, she mentioned that they're in Richmond again. <laughs> look at this beautiful skyline found only in Richmond. <laughs> Uh, back at the house, a date card arrives. Let's make history, and it goes to Colton, Garrett, Wills, Connor, Blake, Lincoln, and Chris, which means Leo is getting the one-on-one. Chris 
at this point seems to lose just any internal like discipline that's keeping him together mm-hmm. and all grips on reality. Oh yeah, just like he starts like floating. this like insane monologue. He's like, "I'm going very confident. This is my time to shine. I'm going to go in guns blazing. This is do or die. I've been in a situation like this before with my back against the wall, and I know how to handle it." He's just it. saying a fight. bunch of cliches I feel like that he, mean nothing in context. I feel like he watched like movies, like tough guy movies, <laughs> yeah. and this is just like different lines from different movies. He's like, "I'm very masculine, but." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely thinks he's going to war on this group date. Like he just. Also, for what? Like he has right. not. Becca. He has not once stopped to actually think about what she wants or why he's into her. There is no, no. reflection. He thinks this is about just about winning her completely in terms of being a reward for both his qualities as a romantic partner, which are questionable, but he's very <laughs> convinced of them, and also just for like getting the upper hand on the other guys like he's like if yeah. i go in with a plan and i like say the right things mm-hmm. and i like exactly. get one over on these dudes then and get i'm one, gonna win and get one rose. over on her yeah it's like he thinks she's a moron well we're Who, gonna like, have if, oh, a gosh. lot to say yes. about okay. their conversation later but um this is when they uh meet two gentlemen <laughs> two best friends named george washington <laughs> and abraham lincoln and just a fun twosome who are here to help Becca <laughs> learn some history. Well, share some history. Share some history and, you know, find the best man for her. Um, this I, I couldn't stop thinking about in the office when Ben Franklin, the like Ben Franklin <laughs> yes. man comes in. Every time they showed these two guys. And I was like, why are they making this so serious? This should be more laughable. It, they, but they were like, no, this is actually... Yeah. Abraham Lincoln right here. Like this is not This is actually yeah, Abraham Lincoln. This is not Lincoln. a joking matter. And right. he's actually my friend. And we <laughs> hang out. Um and I like I can't imagine why anyone older than like 10 would be interested in a history. And which like and you're younger than 10, you don't care about history. You're older than 10 and you're like this is ridiculous. So I don't fully understand it. Mm-hmm. But it does give Lincoln an opportunity to say I'm, I'm also Lincoln, Lincoln mm-hmm. and I try on the hat, so that's fun. Um, and this is basically the premise, the whole premise of this date is that they're going to debate in a Beck election. But, like, debate what? It was never laid out. Like, what are they debating? There was no actual debate. It's really about their serious policies for how to <laughs> right, make, for how to make <laughs> Becca Becca's life better. I can't believe they got Ralph Northam to be there. I was really surprised about that, yeah. too. I mean, good for them. And maybe Ralph is like, look, I got to get in front of the young people somehow. Like, I mean, name my, recognition. My yeah. feeling is I don't see how this helps either the governor or the bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was no, no, I don't think anyone really came out on top. But um, especially given the, the way that this debate ended up going, um, this debate is when we hear Virginia is for lovers from someone other than Becca because Ralph asks Colton what his perfect date with Becca in the Commonwealth of Virginia is. Ralph deserves better. <laughs> and I want to say Colton's answer is astonishing. He says, well, Virginia is for lovers, so I would take her to a dog park right. with my lab and I would and try get to her... grow our relationship further. Well, he would also get her a he would get corgi. Her corgi yeah. And then he would try to grow their relationship further. 
none of the like that's a three part answer and the three parts are like in no way related to each other but he delivers them very confidently as if they lead logically he seems into, into it he definitely grabbed like okay this is something that people like this is something that people <laughs> yeah, he's like, like my this dog is something that becca likes uh virginia her dog our, a do- <laughs> another dog like growing our relationship um and we get a couple clips of the guys giving their fun little answers about how they would be a good boyfriend Blake to Blake is earnest and emotional as ever. That seems to be his brand. Yeah. Garrett says, I'm not always the best with my words. But yes, ladies, you are always right. I just, wah, like, wah. my soul died a little. I just can't. I can't. I can't. He's definitely saying what he thinks he needs to say. Which is it's also not... just like a, te- like, I find it so paternalistic and dismissive to be like yes ladies my wife always gets the last word right and he he showed up in the van right too yeah Yeah. everything is very paternal with him yeah and it's just like i'm sure and i know it's supposed to be cute but the kind of guy who's always like my wife is making me do this and like i always let her like have the last word is a, a a very condescending like i don't like it not into it um that said, my husband does always let me have the last word. And it's well, great. you are always correct. <laughs> that's just, the that's problem. Just, yeah, that's the problem. The confounding variable. Yeah. Um, and Link, this is when things go sideways, is when they uh, address a question to Lincoln about um, how he thinks about his future with Becca. And it's about Chris. His future with Becca is <laughs> yeah, obviously with Becca about Chris. is that he's not going to pack up and go home like Chris almost did. Um, and then Blake is asked if all the guys have been honest, and he says yes. Poor Blake is just out here trying to keep the peace. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. yeah, he's like, yeah, I think so. Let's just wrap this up here. Like, you could just tell Blake was like, how do I back away from this microphone? I mean, to be fair, I don't think dishonesty is the problem with these guys. No, that's actually not the problem. But I think that that's, like, critical that he's there to try and, like, make this a good experience. Yeah. Because here he's, like, thinking about, okay— this is about to spin out, and here she's sitting there in the you know as as the center of this cyclone, and um, he's like, let's calm these these winds down a little bit. Instead, we have like Chris come in, and all of a sudden, he just he turns it up all the way. Also, I was like, are they not aware there is a crowd of people? Right, like, exactly. do you have no shame? Like, is there just not a part of you that is? embarrassed to be speaking this way not only on national television eventually but like in front of actual other people mm-hmm. they're like children right in front of you and the governor of virginia <laughs> right right and- the governor of virginia they honestly did i don't think any of them knew who ralph northam was both no, chris and lincoln it, it's like it was scripted how this played out because they both did like the worst possible thing chris butts in on blake's question and is like I've been honest, but not everyone here has. And her heart's been played with before. And we should, like, some of these guys suck. And Lincoln, of course, takes the opportunity to make sure this is directed specifically at him because he says, I'm not sure who he's talking about, but it's definitely not me. (laughs) And then Chris gets to say, yeah, I am. And, like, if Becca knew how malicious and aggressive you really were, she'd be disgusted. And Lincoln called me a fat fuck. And there's (laughs) children in the freaking audience and he's oh, everyone just stressed. looks aghast yeah and then he's like I'm sorry for my language but it was so offensive um, and then Blake is like well a lot of things were said and that was a little out of context which it was because we saw that right. conversation mm-hmm. and again there he is like trying to be like guys 
You are this, you're <laughs> screwing this up right now for all of us. But then they're like, okay, so Blake, would you like to respond to this? And he's like, oh, well, I just think everyone's been really honest and it's just things have happened and mm-hmm. okay, bye. And then Chris <laughs> ends up like getting the last word on it. Um, and Becca is just mortified at this point, which I would yeah. be too. Yeah. It's, em- it's, it's embarrassing. embarrassing. It's embarrassing. These are grown men. I actually re- I rewound this and watched it and paid attention to her. And the whole time she's just like, wide-eyed but not trying to trying to not respond in any way but you can just feel how uncomfortable she is it's again they can't read her at all no well i don't think they have an interest in reading her most of them and that's the problem but they need to read her if they even want to get a rose so it's like even from that very practical standpoint of like you want to move Mm. forward in the competition you need to be aware when you're really pissing her off and they're not i think so i think being in on the bachelorette previously the and then actually we talked about this in paradise a lot last year i think that on the guy's side they see this more as like how do i win yeah versus the flip side which is more like how do i connect with this person enough that we actually build like a relationship so you you kind of see that split where there's still these guys who see this as like the amazing race that they're going to beat everybody and win (laughs) versus like actually just focusing on, you know, the simplistic things. I mean, in in a disturbing way, the bachelorette is actually much more of a traditional model of courtship than the bachelor, which is, Uh, a a woman chooses from a pool of men who are competing with each other for her. And it's very retrogressive often to watch. Um, whereas The Bachelor is weird in a whole different way where it's like degrading. It feels degrading <laughs> to watch women compete to like marry some like moron. But <laughs> but it, it does feel very like it plays into these deeply rooted societal constructs of, of how men should behave toward women. I also feel like because there is less intrigue with the men, they they often are less articulate about about their emotions than the women are. So they can't really mind that for drama. So they need to mm. provoke some of these dudes into being like very outwardly macho and aggressive. And that's yeah. where the drama comes from. And that's as a viewer, it's that's less satisfying and less entertaining to me and more just like disturbing to totally. watch. Yeah. And totally embarrassing for the poor woman who has to be yeah. at the center it, and like pretend to enjoy these people. It's an assault on like everybody involved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then Chris is still feels like he's been wronged at this point. He takes Blake aside <laughs> and is like, why did you disagree you with be. me? I It's not fair that I because have to like, look like I the bad guy. Blake is like, please exclude me from this narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Blake is like, I didn't disagree with you. I don't know what you mean, which, oh, come on, Blake. You did. He was quite. He was quite the actual debate. He's like an actual political debate right now, <laughs> yeah. just trying to pivot back to to the positives. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, there'll be a lot more about this episode, and also we'll check in a little bit with Derek. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. 
It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process, it would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working and Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into like their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible like neoprene weekender bag 
and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with, this is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz and good wine. I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks and... It's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. At the cocktail party, Becca does this amazing thing where she greets everyone. She sits down. She's like, the debate was very telling, but let's have a good time. (laughs) Which doesn't seem to get in the guy's heads enough. If mm-hmm. I were them, I would be freaking out. Um, Lincoln pulls her aside first and says he's uncomfortable being in the house or the he's suite with Chris. A victim. He doesn't know what Chris will do next. 
And then he's like, if you remember, I wasn't the one who disrespected you. I remember it differently. Um, well, so they, they keep trying to separate it into like I'm the victim and he's the aggressor. They both are behaving so badly that mm-hmm. I have no sympathy for either of for them. Either. Uh, he also then pulls Connor into this and suggests that Connor is so fearful. Well, it was hard because we was... didn't get the full conversation. Like he says, we definitely hear him say that he is uncomfortable with Chris and feels like Chris is threatening. And and it becomes clear that Connor had wanted to switch, had wanted rooms. To switch rooms. It's unclear what the motivation for right. that switch. And, and I think it was conflated. We don't know whether Lincoln said he was scared or not. I think it, it came across that way yeah. because of the way he went about the conversation. Like he said, I'm fearful. And also Connor wanted to switch rooms. And so Becca interpreted that understandably because he didn't provide any context right. as Connor wanted to switch rooms because he too felt threatened. I also think there's such a mess going on that you can kind of see her detaching from these conversations that are about this fight because she's she just, just like, be so exhausted. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Well, I, she finally has a moment of clarity about this, but like, I feel like weeks ago you could be like, why are you pick, trying to figure out who's right or wrong in this argument? Are you really seriously at this point going to consider marrying either of these guys? Right. Like, you're, you're never going to get to that point where you're like, oh, yeah, I do want to marry the guy who forced me to spend well, a bunch I think of the time problem like, is picking that apart drama. This show mandates that she keep a certain number of people around and that she make she a good show. She John. Yeah, but he's not very— John. There's not, a, there's not a lot to mine for, uh, for entertainment value there. So Weird. she's in the position of both sort of being with production and having to create a good show and also, like, trying to have a good experience for herself— um, and from what I've heard, like, I think she was felt like it seems like she was very well liked by production, which suggests to me that she probably felt like she wanted to she did what they please, wanted. Them. please them and work with them. I also wonder. Cause, so Chris went on a one on one, right? Mm-hmm. Early. Yeah. Uh, he the, went on two songwriting dates. In the that's first right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Poor um, guy. It's the only time I felt bad for him. But I wonder if there's like some thin slicing going on where she had like an immediate connection with him. And mm-hmm. so she she's. She's struggling to peel away from that, even though there just was like this unanswerable attraction that she maybe had. And and it's just like, okay, when is this going to be enough? And so she, I think, gives him a little bit more leash because of that. Yeah, I think that's probably. I could be completely wrong about that, too. I think there's probably an element of that, especially because he did act in a vulnerable way on that date and shared some some painful stuff from his past and i think that probably puts you in the mindset of like this guy is not an aggressor he's a victim and like you know she wants to be more gentle with him because of that um i want to point out we never actually find out for sure whether colton wants or whether connor wanted to switch rooms away from chris Mm -hmm. because she asks chris and he says uh, kind of takes a moment to think about it. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to remember, like one guy wanted to switch rooms away from him and he can't remember <laughs> which one or something. And then Connor never really clears it up later. He's just mad that he got in, he that he was invoked yeah. and that he was being met made to say that he found Chris aggressive, which he's pretty clear that he didn't feel unsafe around Chris. Well, because he he's like, s- I just didn't like you. <laughs> exactly. But plus, he kind of screwed up earlier on, and so I think right. he just is like, I don't want to be a part of any more drama. So please don't even bring my yeah. name up. Also, I just have to note: is this the part where we see Connor wearing glasses? And I was like, mm-hmm. you yeah. just became a thousand well, times more later. attractive. I think that might have been at the. I don't know, but it like really stood out to me because I have not been. 
you know, I'm, I'm no Connor fan, but I was like, yeah. oh, sometimes it's like a good haircut yeah. and a pair of glasses <laughs> makes all the difference. I always have to remind myself that I don't like Connor because for some reason I do find him really He's cute. cute. Yeah. <laughs> Although the hair is like a little over quaffed. It just, um, it's like uh, bringing back flashbacks to your season, Derek. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every single person yeah. has that <laughs> giant <laughs> hair quaff. <laughs> But I think uh, we should point out that during Chris and Becca's conversation, she sort of just brings up Lincoln's allegations and he laughs and then is like, oh, you're serious. That really upsets me. That makes me so uncomfortable. And she keeps trying to steer the conversation back to, well, is any of it true? And like, why might he be saying that? Also, at one point she's like, yes, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I am a person who has feelings about this as well. And he's like, well... But my feelings about this. Right. He will not. He refuses any attempts to steer it towards finding answers or toward her reactions. He constantly just recenters it on. Well, but here's how I feel when I hear you ask me that question, which is bad. And almost trying to tell her how she should feel. Yeah. And he gets way more into that later. Yeah. That's, yeah. He, that's something he's really building up to a crescendo of. Um. He's just so upset because he's such a person. He always puts other people first. And it's just unfair. It's so unfair that he is being made to suffer in this way. He's the nice guy who deserves her, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, Garrett interrupts. And she actually asks him for five minutes to herself. I loved this moment. Yeah. She, I was like, great. Good for you, Becca. Actually yeah. recognizing you need some mental space and cannot continue to do this. And you're going to make that demand. Like, I I really appreciated that she actually did that because we don't often we don't often see that. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, Garrett acts like, yes, I totally understand, but then goes down and immediately is like, my time has Mm -hmm. been ripped away from me. (laughs) I was going to open up tonight. Yeah. Now I laughed out loud when he's like, I was going to open up. And then he said it like he had been planning it would to happen on this night for weeks. Like, <laughs> like he, he has looked a at a script, calendar. It was marked down. He's like, it's going to be the week six group date cocktail party. And I'm just going to bare my soul to her. I can see it now. It's my whole arc is going to be moving toward that. But he did kind of script it, right? Wasn't that was yes. that his open? Like, that oh, was his closing could... statement, and it seems like they just didn't get to do them because the debate right. fell apart. Well, yeah, it did, for sure. Also, but I couldn't like, understand... what was opening up about that closing that was, statement, was even? Was that the opening up, or was I don't know. something else? Maybe I... he was going to say something else. He's not great yeah. with words, so it's hard to he say. He was going to tell her about the Instagram accounts he follows, <laughs> and it just, the timing wasn't right. <laughs> it wasn't right. He's like, I'm going to be really vulnerable. I hate immigrants. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um... Yeah, but he comes like they're giving Garrett such a great edit, which mm, really bothers me. But he mostly seemed pretty like measured about how he was like, Chris, you really upset her. It's clear that she's really angry. It's affecting everyone. It's affecting Becca. I mean, I do believe that Garrett is very into Becca and and is actually thinking about how these things are affecting her versus some of the guys who couldn't give two shits about how their actions are actually impacting her. So I do, I appreciate that. Give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Um, Wills tells her that he's falling in love. Wills. Wills is too pure for this show. I I just want Wills to open his mouth. Wills is very low-key. He's got like that Barry White thing going on when he talks to him. Yeah, it's very chill. It also seemed like, because he and Blake both posted... Um, a series of photos of the two of them doing some sort of like quiz show. It seemed like there was a whole part of this date 
that was oh, really? cut. Yeah, uh-huh. like they had paired up for something. They seemed to be very oh, no, good I friends. S- I saw that the little like boards that yeah. they had. Yeah, oh, that makes sense because they were supposed to learn about American history, right? Like I think they <laughs> did they some did. sort of yeah. <laughs> I would not be surprised if there was it was like made them look so dumb that they were like we need to cut this. Out. Wait, what I was... feel like probably the Chris drama ate up a lot of time. True. Yeah. Um, I I did notice Will's is very, very and like not emotive in his. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't open his mouth much. No. He talks very quietly, but his body language with her has gotten a lot cozier since their one on one. And like she always seemed pretty into him, but he used to lean back a lot, and now yeah. he's like really facing her i'm a body language expert so that means a lot to me um and then becca decides to give the rose to a guy who's just like always a man of his word and always just showing how much he's there for her and definitely not for tia but for her specifically (laughs) and he's only telling her that over and over again just because he's excited about her and not in any way because he's trying to hide that he's there for tia which is colton um He's there for her corgi. <laughs> yeah, the looks on Will's and Garrett's faces, they just both. Yeah, they both felt like they had really. Yeah. And we know that. It down. Especially that, because Garrett's closing statement was literally about how he was a man of his word. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to give this to a guy who's a man of his word. Not you. Yeah. But this other guy who. Is definitely a man definitely of his word. A man of his word and also wished that I were Tia. <laughs> um. Anything else on the group date? Uh, no, I think we about covered it. Let's yeah. move on to Leo's moment in the, I was going to say sun, but it was pretty overcast on this date. Yeah. The, they did have a nice sort of sunset, though, as they were finishing yeah. up the, the oyster shocking. Oh, spoiler. It's mm. uh, an oyster shocking date. <laughs> because but, the world is our oyster. Ooh. Isn't it kind of like hard to shock oysters? Yes. It is. It is. You, like you need a hand yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you need to wear like a, a glove and uh, have like a nice hard surface. It's it's some work. I think but maybe it's fun. They it's were very just satisfying. Harvesting oysters. And then someone else was shocking. Probably them. someone else was shocking. I, them, it's so. very satisfying though when you can crack open an oyster. I'm not from Maryland, so these That's things not are Maryland. To this me. this <laughs> well, only... I'm from I'm from a non coastal state. Uh, yes. No, I did this in New York, actually. Really? Yeah. Mm. uh, But I have to, like, the same thing. I was going, they keep calling this shucking oysters. Isn't this, like, harvest? Aren't they just taking them out of the ground? But then at some point, the oyster was shucked, but it was unclear who was doing the shucking. Yeah. So before the date even started, did you notice that Leo was like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. I wasn't... I wasn't ready for this or something like that. And I was like, you're the only one in the house, dude. Who else? What, yeah. like, what did you expect to not get the one-on-one? Well, he, doesn't, right he doesn't feel like he's good enough. He also, he feels like didn't he say, enough. like, I'm not, I don't look like the other guys she's given the one-on-one to. Like, I think he's, I wonder if he thought he was going to go home mm. yeah. on this date. Because I think it's oh. pretty clear they're not totally. that into each other. I mean, they right. have a good time together. The way he talks about her is really interesting. He calls her this girl a lot, which is something I have a viscerally bad reaction to mm. for like not much of a solid reason. I'm I just feel like it makes her sound like just one of a selection of women. <laughs> like this girl. Mm-hmm. Um he's never had a moment of negativity with this girl. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how I feel like you talk about your partner. Um but sh- they uh, have, like, kind of a rough start, uh, too. Like, he doesn't seem that confident. She's still She's thinking totally about— She's totally in her own head um, thinking about how annoyed she is with the other dudes, mm-hmm. which also makes me think, like, she's not so into him that 
she's being taken out of that by like his presence. Like she's yeah. not that excited. Agreed. Like yeah. in opposition to the first one-on-one where she was just like totally comfortable there, present, and then she can't get in, you know, away from anything because she just can't even connect with him. Yeah. I mean, they... So I guess I get that. I didn't think about that, that he doesn't feel like she really likes him either, which yeah, I don't say. Yeah, I don't think she does. Yeah, well, exactly. No, I don't think... We're all like, why does he have so little confidence? I mean, clearly she doesn't like him that much, but aside <laughs> from that... Yeah. Um, but I did still really enjoy watching this date. And he handled it really... I mean, obviously, really well. he didn't really break through at first. They're on this little plane. Um, he calls her, you beautiful thing. Uh, again, I'm like, okay. Um, and she's thinking, you know, they're flying in the small plane, looking over, you know, with the headsets in. She's like, this should be a really romantic moment to connect with Leo. But I have to say, I have it? never seen a small plane ride be a romantic yeah, moment. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Even on the good dates, it's just like they're holding hands. They can't really hear each other that well. It's never the highlight romantic. No, I was way. confused by that. Yeah. I'm okay, like, you're wearing was, headphones? I've been on, know. I've done this once, but like separately outside of the show you mean not while being filmed right <laughs> and we ended up just like making out the whole time because it was like well what else can you do you can't really talk <laughs> to each can't other see anything right but that's so but you, you miss you the views is that. what you're saying no but i'm saying that's like the really the only way you can because you can't talk Make, to each other you right. can't really like and but there's not really any connection with they're not doing the physical no, they're thing. Yeah. literally just facing away <laughs> yeah. from each other no. the whole time but then they get to uh their location and she says you know you probably heard about what happened last night i'm sorry i'm really in my head and it's hard for me to really be present and he's like you know what it's fine like you don't have to fake that you're having a good time we can do nothing it doesn't matter yeah and because a lot of the guys do get caught up in like what's owed to them and like yeah this is supposed to be my date like it's really annoying me that she's not here for me because of what happened. He's just like, well, what does she need in this moment? And let's focus on that first and the rest. Right. And I enjoyed that he was like, this must sort of acknowledging that this is an emotionally exhausting process for her Yeah, because Mm -hmm. she is always essentially on with on every date. And he's like, don't fake it. If you're not having a good time, let's just sit here and like not have a great time. Yeah, And that's must be a relief. And that was sort of the moment that allowed her to kind of, at least have mm-hmm. fun with him. Yeah. Well, which, which I guess when you I, I didn't think about that yet. But when you think about like what's his role in this for her, he could just he's just he's like a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And that's super nice yeah. to keep around too, right? Because yeah. in the midst of all this, she's going, well, yeah, kind of like to have a friend here too. <laughs> that's that'd be nice. So we're we're like so focused on the relationship, but I think at this point she's so stressed that that was totally like the perfect move for him that you know also was good for everybody yeah i agree and sometimes it's good to just be able to like puncture the tension and suddenly it's like the tension the source of the tension no longer seems important once you acknowledge it and i think we often see around this point um with the bachelorettes like they often do like to keep people around that they just feel comfortable and they feel like they can take a rest with you know we saw that kind of with um Matt and Adam on Rachel's season like she was very attached to both of them because I think she felt genuinely a genuine friendship with them and Mm -hmm. it feels like that's sort of the vibe with Leo and he's very like straight up about things that you often don't like he was saying to her you know she you're stressed out about this conflict of course Um, the process makes it easy to fall for you 
which is a kind of honesty about what's really going on, the dynamic that you usually don't hear on the show, which is talking about how the process is affecting Mm -hmm. their thoughts about her. Um, And it's not just like, you're the best person ever. Of course, they all want to wife you up right away. Um, And then, you know, he's like, we are, you know, we we are starting to feel real things for you. It's it's hard. Um, and then just they talk about how, you know, they want life partners. And it just felt much more grounded than a lot of the rhetoric about relationships that you see. He's also a little show. older than a lot of these guys. Like, this is a very young yeah. crop of dudes. And he's, he's 31. Uh, I think that you can sort of feel that. Mm-hmm. difference and of a few very, years he's just like i might seem like a caricature and like i love crazy it, I, might not, I might not seem like a serious dude but i am in a place where i feel like i'm really ready to be in a committed relationship like that's a very practical way of looking at it but it's honest like it's so i enjoyed that yeah. and i think that's the kind of thing that when you're when you reach a certain point in your life and you're ready to have that, you actually want to hear on a date you want someone to either be like hey this is what i'm looking for and it's yeah. and is that what you're looking for? Like, let's have a, sel- a level of self-awareness and honesty that just allows both people to go into whatever they decide to do with eyes wide open. I found that very refreshing, especially on a show that leans on these sort of like empty cliches in a lot of these conversations. Totally. He kind of broke the fourth wall of it. Like, like this isn't a show necessarily. Let's talk about this as what it is in real life and not just like, oh, I'm now I'm. Th- I'm falling for you. Now I'm falling, you know, In towards love. To you. <laughs> with, with love. And that is like for the four steps or whatever that they have. Yeah. He says at one point even like I would be yours in the real world if you wanted to oh, be with me. Yeah. And I thought that was he Again, it just felt like is his the words. Of the romance novel. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm sorry. He's I mean, the, has one he of the not... drawings on the cover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's one of the drawings. But like these that are hair. things that are not bachelor speak, but that are very kind of romantic to hear. Right. And I think that's much why more it like felt, romance novel language. That's to me. why it felt uh, refreshing because it wasn't the exact same language that we hear so many of these people employ. Yeah. Like he's basically saying, like, I think you're great. I'm ready to commit. I'd be your boyfriend. Like, I just I go for it, which is not the way they usually talk about it. Um, then they shock the oysters, uh, which... I mean, I I think they meant We've, just picking them up off the ground. <laughs> uh, and then they have the nighttime portion the nighttime of the date where Becca says, like, she wasn't sure if she was going to feel a spark, but she actually did. I also love how she's like, well, you really saw me at my worst today. And he's like, are, you, your are you kidding worst? me? <laughs> he's like, I'm going to have a lot worse to throw at I you. like it. Yeah. He's like, you were mildly not yourself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, if that's her worst. My God, really? what a gem she is. Really makes the rest of us look bad. Um and then he talks about his uh, baggage in life, which is that his dad devoted his life to trying to turn him into a major league baseball player. And then he never was good enough to play. And so he feels like pro. a failure. Yeah. Um, this is a very specific and <laughs> difficult to attain goal that I'm thinking maybe his dad should not have devoted his entire yeah. life and free time to if he was not prepared for it to not work out. Talk about toxic masculine masculinity and like goals within that. But oh, if you don't, if you're not a professional baseball player, yeah. you're not you a man. You're a failure as a man. Yeah, like, for Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> that was that was I I 
I actually did rewind that too, and to make sure I heard that <laughs> correctly. Poor Leo, because I I understand how it could be. It seems like maybe more that Leo feels that his he's been a disappointment, and not necessarily that his dad has said that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I do kind of feel like, man, you just gotta you just gotta move. You know, I always thought I would be an academic like my dad, and it didn't work mm-hmm. out. And I am just eaten alive every day with the <laughs> sense that I am a severe disappointment. No, like you, you know, you you're never exactly what your parents dreamed you might be, but they still think you're great. Um, and then she's like, you're great. At first I just thought you were a guy with hair. And then I realized <laughs> that, you're more than that you also have inside <laughs> and thoughts. <laughs> and then she always says this thing like, I never want you to question how amazing you are. And the guys are always like, okay. Because like, what do you say? Mm-hmm. No, I will continue to question it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a human being. But he does get the rose. And then they have to have the... Uh, concert where they stand on the tiny platform and everyone watches them make out. Yeah. Again, reminded that they just don't really seem to have that spark, even though she just said that they do. But yes. they must make out anyway. Right. <laughs> that that was, yeah, that that looked a little bit like a junior high, like this, they were leaving space for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> She's like, okay, now's the moment. Yeah. And Morgan Evans is there, which... Uh, I have no knowledge of country music, so I never know who any of these people Mm -hmm. are. But I guess he's married to Kelsey Ballerini, as we were informed last night. Um, He's cute and Australian. Emma and I were distracted by how cute he is, (laughs) which doesn't often happen to me with the music dates Mm. or the concerts. Um, But sorry, ladies. I kind of like sometimes those guys are kind of like douche bros. So well, right. I, I think they, it was the Australian like of him. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, like, oh, yeah. you're okay. He had a really boyish vibe that <laughs> was like a little less, yeah, sleazy. Um, okay, so back of the house. Back to the sociopaths. Chris, <laughs> I loved the way they cut this. It was like when you see so good. like recutting a romantic comedy as like a psychological thriller trailer. You know how they make those like joke this, videos. Yeah, totally. Some of the, this was just an art. Sometimes I'm like the Bachelor <laughs> editors. They just they know what they're doing. They nailed it right here. <laughs> so Jason and Connor are talking about how they're starting to feel uneasy around Chris. Like he has made the the allegations about him true by reacting to them so poorly. They now find now him everyone is right. terrified of him. <laughs> right. And then we hear Anna's music playing and Jason's like, well, I think he has a plan because for some reason he feels more confident about this week's rose ceremony than the last, which is crazy. And meanwhile, we see Chris <laughs> writing in a journal and then putting on a watch like a fucking psychopath. So like, what? The, the the imagery there, I, I was thinking of in Billy Madison when the guy when he calls the guy that like he made fun of in high school. <laughs> And he, and he crosses, like, the names off the list <laughs> yeah. of the people and puts his lipstick on. Was it Steve Buscemi or however you say his name? That yeah. That was 100% what I saw. It was straight out of a, yeah. of a scene. Yes. Um, he was probably just oh. writing, like, here's what happened today, yeah. diary. But they put the music on. Suddenly you're like, I am terrified for my life. Yeah, he's writing out a plan to murder all these dudes. <laughs> That's probably what's happening. And then he goes, there's an old school saying. Actions speak louder than words. I just lost it. This. He's like, I feel like I have nothing to live. Uh, I think it's um, Confucius who said that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and Chris, like, apparently really thought Leo wasn't going to come home, was really banking on Leo not coming home. So mm. when he comes home, Chris, like, storms out 
and storms directly to Becca's door well, but with first, nothing to lose. First, we have the most beautiful editing cut where Lincoln's saying, like, this guy is just a particular kind of monster. And then they immediately cut in, which was likely a completely separate interview where he's like, he eats 12 eggs a day. Yeah. And his cholesterol <laughs> must be so high. And I was like, this is, that was seamless. Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> Lincoln and Chris are obsessed with each other's diets and workout regimens. Totally. Yes. It's astounding. Yeah. I think that they. I think what happened is like early on they were trying to share and like <laughs> and connect, and then Chris was just like pissed that this guy gets to eat twelve eggs a day for oh. the rest of the time. Oh god. Well, I mean, you need if uh, Lincoln's arms are terrifying. That guy is huge. Those yeah. require at least wow. twelve eggs a day just to it's continue Gaston to replace style. the tissue. Yeah. It's Gaston. yeah, he probably eats them raw. Like Gaston. <laughs> um. He's like, I'm ready to fight. I'm. Things are about to happen. He knocks on Becca's door. I've never seen someone look less pleased as the person standing outside their door. Oh. She's probably like, I thought I was get a fucking moment to just like lay on my bed, have a goddamn snack, order mm-hmm. some room service, yeah. and go to bed. Drink an entire bottle of wine yeah. until I pass out and forget <laughs> that this ever happened. Um, and ominously, still wearing his coat. The whole time during the conversation, too. <laughs> I didn't even that. There are <laughs> no time. In. There's no time to get comfortable. The whole thing, though, like what lack of self awareness, like wearing this coat that he, it, it was like he flipped the collar up. Yeah. And was just... His outfit was very, um, and this is one of my favorite archetypes. His outfit is very um, overly corporate boyfriend in a Hallmark movie. He had these like dainty little pointy toed. And the uh, beige nice boots cam- on. camel coat. Really mm, yeah. nice camel coat with the high collar. Like that is not a warm, accessible, cuddly outfit. Um, so they sit down and he says, there have been all these distractions for the past week and a half. I haven't been able to talk to you about how I feel and show you how serious I am. I strongly believe I could see myself marrying you at the end of this 100%. She's just like, what has changed? How did, what? Why? Like yeah. there's no evidence that either of them would consider marrying each other ever. And she's like, I don't get it. Like, because you just, like, last week we're like, maybe I'll go home. He's like, oh, I was just upset and hurt. I didn't think that you cared. And she's like, I don't buy that. That doesn't track with me. And Chris whips out this thing. I'm not disagreeing with you, but here's the (laughs) thing. I I need you to not think about that anymore. Mm I need you to not it's think about It's usually very anymore. effective when someone just tells you what your thoughts should be and then based on his needs. Right, on their needs. What he it's needs usually is for very, her to change her thoughts. It's usually both very effective and also feels great to receive that. I mean what's amazing is it's so honest because he's like what is necessary for me to get what I want mm-hmm. is for you to think differently about me. So I'm just going to tell you to think differently about me and then I will get what I want. <laughs> And at this point, he's like staring at her now, too, and (laughs) telling her what to think and totally like just trying to overpower her brain and tell like to just just switch. Exactly. You will give me this rose tomorrow. It's like, here's the thing. And this is going to really change everything Mm -hmm. for you. Stop. (laughs) Um, And he's like, my words and the fact that I'm here should should give you the reassurance that you need. Mm hmm. About how I feel. And then she's like completely pissed off at this point because she's like, this has dominated every single thing I've done this week. And she tells him that. And he's like, so what do you want? 
So what do you want? She's like, literally for you to get the fuck out. <laughs> He's like, we've had this adversity, but it's not created by you and I. And she's like, I would definitely disagree with that. <laughs> And he's like, well, you can disagree, but I'm not going to let it keep me from going after what, what I, want, I want, which is which a is relationship you. with her. So we really have to be on the same page about something. No, but he seems to think that you can, that you don't, that he doesn't need her buy-in. Like if right. he just says, this is what I want and I want to marry you, like he's never stopped to think that it might require her also wanting to marry him. Well, it goes back to last week when, with the Wills thing happened and he, like she said, no, and then he looked at him for like, you know what I mean? Yes. It's the same thing where like like her feelings are irrelevant. It's just right. like whatever he can do to get, however he can like change that power structure. And it is totally sociopathic. You're right. Right. Like it makes me think, and this is like, a, I'm not, not saying that, I, that Chris not feels that this a way. Therapist, but. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a proper diagnosis. And right. I'm not saying Chris feels this way, but it reminds me of all this rhetoric of like, incel plans to like redistribute sex and it's yes. like what if we had mm. what, no. what if we didn't have to ask women anymore what if instead the government made that also like, he's, he's like, exactly what if an authority is, can give becca to he's me? exactly the archetype of the dude that feels well i was conventionally not attractive for a period of time in my life so i was denied access to women and now that i have you know overcome that this is what I deserve. I deserve, I deserve that attention. Yeah. And it's not about you. It's about me and what I deserve and what I was denied at some point in my life. And it's just this very, like, very male-specific thing that's so astounding to me. Like, you don't get to just take things from other people right. that include their bodies and their emotions. I mean, it's interesting because, like, it's a very immature mindset, and I think women are forced to grow out of it or to not have that feeling because there are no structures in society that would ever allow. Yeah. Um, and you see these adult men who have never had to learn that they can't just find an authority or a source of power that will just ensure that they get what they want without the other person's. It's such a regression agreement. to winning again. Where it's yeah. like you think, like you think that you can just grab her by the hair and take her back to your cave. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. It's not, it doesn't work that way, dude. Yeah, he literally basically says you can disagree about like about liking me. You can disagree about like whether I did anything wrong. But this it's is not about going what I to want. stop me from getting what I want, which is insane. Like, of and course also, it's going to stop him. And also frightening. Yeah. When you really boil down to what he's saying. And like, so you see these point, things and you're so grateful that for her, that she has all these producers there right. to protect her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this is how things play out for women in the real world. And there's no one there. Well, thank God it looks and feels bad. And not yeah. that like this. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. uncomfortableness. That's good that we're at least at the point where we can... Acknowledge, like, this is not good. Mm -hmm. He's flaming out. Yeah, it's uh, almost worse when you see it portrayed as romantic that a guy yeah. would. Right, persistence. Be that's, persistent, uh, yeah. That's where, like, I, people kind of start talking about, like, oh, this guy shouldn't be on the show or this guy shouldn't be on the show. And at some points in time, I'm like, well, no, it's a good reminder that that's really out there. And yeah. and certainly, like, it makes this uncomfortable, but it's eh, it's kind of good that we see that it's horrible. I mean, yeah, let's sit in our it's discomfort. Really tough. I mean, I, I, I don't think The Bachelorette always makes the right decisions, but it's a <laughs> no. reminder that it's actually a really complicated thing to decide what is okay to put on the show and, like, totally. how that's going to affect society. Um, it's not totally clear cut um 
Yeah, so she's like, all right. I don't we, think I can. We can get there. Like, he, And he even, she basically, she says she doesn't want him there. And then he continues to ask, well, what do you want? Yeah. At a certain point. She's he like, finally no. asked that. And she's like, well, like what I just said, I just don't see us getting there. I have a lot of questions and red flags and I don't think I can get there. And even then he he phrases it like, so what do you want? Right. She's like, like what I just said. He's literally never asked or paid attention to any of her feelings. And finally, he's like, I don't understand. Like, what do you want that I haven't given mm-hmm. you everything? Um, and he then turns it into like, I'm not allowed to express how I feel, I guess. And she's like. All you've done, literally all you've done is express how you feel. Um, And he keeps interrupting her. She keeps trying to be like, you know, I'm just not, this isn't going to work out. And he keeps being like, yeah, well, I've been attacked. Like, I've been attacked, so I understand. And she finally just says, you've done some attacking, too. She calls him out a little bit. And finally, she just, she's like, I don't want to put you through a rose ceremony. This is not going to work out. And then she says, I'll walk you out. And he's like. Nah, I'm good. He's such nah, a I'm fucking good. child. Nah. He fights and her he's like, all I don't, the way to he's the like, door. I don't need this. And she's like, yeah, it's not. I know you don't need it, but I'm going to give you that respect. Mm-hmm. So. But he goodbye. just feels like any any slight, anything questioning, it's just like he takes it to his core. So yeah. he, he can't. He's just he he could care less at this point. Well, I think he knows that what she's really feeling deep down is I need to follow you to make sure that you leave this suite and that you're not hiding in a closet later. He's like, excuse me, I promise I will leave. He's totally the guy that would knock on the door five minutes later and be like, okay. okay. I didn't quite make my point. Yeah. I just feel like some things are left unresolved yeah. yeah. for me. Um, so she gets like when he leaves, she's like, I never want him in my life. He's I loved a very it. angry person. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. like, he's angry. He's not the kind of guy I want in my life ever. Yeah. I like when Becca is just very articulate about exactly why she despises these yeah, men. Yeah, we need more of that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we're oh. the uh we're now at the cocktail party. Yes. Um I loved this uh setup because it was a different genre. It was very spooky. Mm-hmm. A lot of genres this episode. They're in this gothic sort of castle uh, room. And then Chris opens a French window and comes in and they're like. (laughs) (laughs) Also, there were some great bow ties happening. Yeah. I always like when the dudes mix it up and go with a bow tie. Blake's style is working for me. Um, And the cocktail party uh, turns out is canceled. That's why Chris burst in through the window. (laughs) Um, And uh, Becca tells them. By the way, her dress, incredible. So ornate. Ornate. Floral sequins. There's a lot of sparkles. Every one of her dresses is sparkly. Yeah. Um, She's going to have to wear jeans and a T-shirt for the finale just to mix it up. (laughs) This is a really special look. Um, So she's like sending Chris home, put things into perspective. It showed that some relationships are strong. Some of them aren't. She has to follow her gut, and more importantly, even than her gut, her, her heart, heart, which are mm. two very separate <laughs> impulses. Um, there are only three roses because uh, already the two one-on-ones, um, right? It's and Colton, Colton, yep. Leo, and Jason have, so have roses. So final six, of course, Garrett and Blake get roses, and then Will's. Thank God, I let yeah. out an audible <laughs> sigh of relief. I would have been so upset because I don't like Connor either. And no. Lincoln definitely needed to go. Also, Wills is fantastic. Yeah. You could tell, like you said, you could tell they actually started to connect with each other yeah. more. This is like a pretty solid final six. 
Yeah, I, I like mean, four of them. Aside from <laughs> yeah, the the stuff with Colton and Garrett, um, pretty pretty good bunch, um, which really goes to show like how. Um, how much noise the other guys were making because oh, totally. I was like, all of these dudes are the worst. But now that those those guys are gone. I'm interested to see what next week brings though because yeah. every week it feels like, so Jordan was gone and all there was like this rush to fill the space, to right. fill the void of, of... I know, who's even left to fill, to like have <laughs> conflict with each other? They're sort of a low key And um, this is group. like the last week or two before, before they hometowns. get separated. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I mean, I think that the what we week, are yeah. going to see is not the because Chris had already been a shit stir before uh, before the Jordan send home. Lincoln had already been a shit stir. None of the guys left have really had a history of that. So, but I do think we're going to see the drama coming from them just getting insecure, insecure. and jealous. Yes. Yeah. Maybe more of like a low level rather than a big aggro conflict i think so i think it's going to be them sort of internal spinning conflicts. Out. yeah yeah mm-hmm. spinning out and getting very nervous i want to point out no goodbye package for lincoln good they mm-hmm. were like this is the thing we can edit out <laughs> yeah. okay great thanks for that abc and, and then connor, connor just flames out like he could have there was so much bad this episode he could have gone out on a high note but instead he decides to blame mm-hmm. becca for just not seeing his ability to be the most perfect partner and best friend yeah. and everything. I it's was... like his sales pitch to all the women watching. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like, slide into my DMs. Yeah. Also, I forgot that he's only 25. Oh, really? Yeah. They are, they are really so young. They're so young. It's a young group. Um, Lincoln's 26, wow. I think. Man. Yeah, I know. It's very large arms, but only 26. It's already accomplished so much. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was just a classic sort of bachelorette exit in a way of she's really going to regret not taking a chance on me and she definitely won't regret it and it just looks really sad to say that but um i'm i'm happy with the group that we have left me for the too. most part and i'm excited for the bahamas next week finally international travel yeah um, give Becca like two days on the beach, please. Before I know, years. right? Like, <laughs> give her a first class seat with like some Xanax yeah. and like a, just some time away. Some yeah, exactly. Like a nice like eye mask. <laughs> so now that we've really wrapped up the episode, <laughs> there was uh, just so much. Yeah, long one. Derek, we we should talk. Pivot. I'm sorry, we're yeah, pivoting we're really pivoting smoothly really here. Yeah. Um, Do you want to have a longer, uncomfortable pause? Before yeah. yeah. No, here's the thing. Don't say anything for at least two minutes. I'm going to give a long, uncomfortable pause, and then I'm going to tee this up, and then we'll go from there. Um, so, you know, we've had uh, you on the show before, and we've had you on the show with with Taylor. Mm-hmm. And um, I know a lot of people in Bachelor Nation, like ourselves, were really sad to hear uh, that you recently ended your engagement. And uh I just we wanted to give you a chance to like talk a little bit about what that's been yeah. like, especially like since you were in this public position, you got engaged on the show. Um, so we'd love yeah. to talk. With and you we about also that. want to be clear that um, both just to the, for the listeners that both Derek and Taylor are very dear to us. And we want to encourage everyone to respect um, the fact that they are actual human beings mm-hmm. and, you know, that they have boundaries and want to keep some things private. So. I want to put that out there. Yeah, that's a good reminder. And that's um, the emotional part of this. You know, we really process over time. And we've I think both of us have gotten a lot of 
responses from people saying like, oh, you should work harder and you should do this and you should do that. I mean, we did couples therapy. We were like really trying to make things work functionally in the real world. And I think really when it comes down to it, you know, um, back to the thin slicing thing, we were both just like very attracted to each other naturally. And um, there is like a reality that comes behind every relationship that we have, right? It's timing and, and just what happens in the real world in and of itself. And, and we just couldn't make it work to where we were both at a happy place. So, you know, once we really realized that and processed it, we wanted each other to be happy. And so, you know, you kind of realize that that unfortunately means that we would love love to like continue what had been very, 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 very happy for a while. And we really tried to get back to that. And, you know, again, in the end, you, you reach a certain point where you just say, okay, now we're just like hurting each other. Not like that we were trying to, but just that it's not happy anymore. So why let it continue? Yeah, it's that's a really hard situation um, when you, you feel like you should be able to make it work, maybe because you want to, but life is just so much more complicated. And what is it, I mean, how has it been with um, having to put it out there publicly? Have you been getting a lot of reactions from people? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's actually harder in person than than what you get, I think, publicly, like on social media. Because yeah. to be honest, I think a lot of people like support us um, regardless of what they wanted us, how they <laughs> wanted the relationship to continue. You know, I mean, the truth is we wanted it to continue that way too. But the tough thing is in person, The the again, coming back to you that you are a real – like a real human being with a real job and normal people. And I, you know, there's people who are vendors of the company that I work with that were like reaching out to me. I mean, like, I'm sorry to hear about this. And it's good, but that's like that surreal part that makes it, makes you go, wow, like I don't think about how many people are linked in emotionally with um, our like daily lives. Because you're sitting here having a real relationship that has a real ending, like most relationships that we all enter into and you're Um, in a a job that isn't you know your actual job is not related so (laughs) yeah yeah, you might think of it as separate and right yeah Yeah. and you kind of try to like separate those things but it was good for me to be back um home at the same time as it was released and you know my sister got married last week so it was a celebration of love in a in a totally different way which was really amazing yeah congrats to your sister that's so exciting it looked like a lot of fun per Instagram stories. There you go. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we really appreciate you coming on uh, and recapping with us. I always uh, like coming and hanging out. You yeah. Guys we always like favorites. having you on. Um, it's a lot of fun for us. And we like that you're local. So it's <laughs> yeah. appreciated. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, though, I like that you we do know each other outside of just sitting here and talking about The Bachelor and that it is like a... We're just like we respect each other as real people and have actual friendships. Here to make friends. Oh my Guys. god! It's <laughs> literally what the point of this podcast is. So Emma can make friends, and then I just like hang around in the background. I'm like, hey, I'm here too. Um, okay, Claire. <laughs> we can't all be as friendly as you, Emma. Um, but yeah, th- it's great to see you, and um, we hope you come on again soon. I hope so too. All right.
So feminism fails this week, you'll be shocked to learn, dominated by Lincoln and Chris. Uh, First of all, whatever Lincoln brought up to Chris about being a fat fuck, the context was very confusing. But regardless, it seemed unnecessary um, and yeah, offensive and body shaming. It's not okay just because Chris is a man or because we don't like Chris either. So we're going to give that a two. And of course, a big old ding to both Lincoln and Chris for threatening each other physically. That's a two, three. I don't know. Just don't do it. Don't threaten each other. Almost just a humanity fail. Yeah, humanity fail. (laughs) Everything Chris does with Becca this episode just reeked of toxic masculinity. Let's go with uh, he keeps trying to interrupt and explain Becca's feelings back to her uh, or dictate even what they are. That's at least a three. I might give that a four, honestly, (laughs) just because I hate it so much. Uh, Chris also keeps using violent rhetoric about their relationship, saying he's going to go in guns blazing to get what he wants. Becca is like Jasmine, not a prize in to Aladdin. be won. Yes, in Aladdin. Not a prize <laughs> to be won, especially through combat. So we'll give that one like a three slash four as well. Uh, women are not trophies that you get to grab and you are entitled to access to. And let's give a just a special little shout out to Connor at the end here and the glorious way he exited by blaming Becca for not picking him the most qualified man in the bunch. Just another example of that attitude uh, that uh, women should just pick a nice guy. And if she doesn't, uh, she's an idiot. We're going to give that a two or three. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Uh, thanks to our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. And of course, our guest, Derek Pape. And why don't you take the opportunity of this midweek holiday to find Here to Make Friends on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Give us a nice rating. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. So please like us. And you can find us both on Twitter and Instagram individually. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can always send us an email at here to make friends at HuffPost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.